0: Who's been enjoying church lately? Who had a great time last week? Come on, there was more people than that that had a good time last week. I had a great time. Who was here early this morning? Like real early and saw me here really early? Yeah. Um, Who saw me with like game face on this morning? Yeah, okay, cool. Someone did, which is good. I just want to explain something. Sometimes I come in and I feel like I'm really... I look like I'm really cranky or I'm really cross, but I'm actually not. All right, I just want to explain that. I'm not, because I don't get cranky. And uh, Graham's word, um, the, the joy of the Lord, is a good thing. All right, That was a really good thing. So, But I want to explain something. When I'm like that, what tends to happen is I know God's about to do something, and I don't know what it is. So I'm kind of being a little bit introverted, and I'm trying to keep space away from people for a reason, because I'm trying to uh, sort of gauge what God's doing. So I went out the back, and I did some praying out the back, and just sort of to hide myself so that I can be with God. And I wanted to just share that because it was it, I still didn't know until we were in the middle of worship what God wanted to do. And uh, before I actually get into what I want to share today, I really believe I've got a word from God for some people here. Okay? Um, but it's not an easy word. It's a hard word. It's a tough word. And Jamie's laughing about that, but it could be for you, mate. Who knows? <laughs> so... I just want you to turn your focus to the Holy Spirit and to Jesus right now, um, because it's not coming from me. Uh, Danny, can you throw up? No, not that one. Can you throw up? Go back to the song "Hosanna" for me for a minute. Yeah, well, I'll I'll tell you when to put that one up. That'll be awesome. <laughs> go to the bridge for me. Is there a bridge? I think it's a bridge. Yeah. Okay. Look up there, everyone. You've healed my heart and made it clean you've opened up my eyes to the things unseen, you've shown me how to love like you have loved me. Next slide. Break my heart for what breaks yours, everything I am for your kingdom's cause as I walk from earth into eternity. They're not funny words or fancy words or rhyming words and 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 I walked down the back as we started to sing that because I wanted to see how you were singing that. God just said walk down the back and so I actually went and broke my own rule and walked into the back area there where the lounges are to see and to watch what was going on. And I heard and saw you singing that with gusto. Did you hear that? Did you hear that when we got to that part in the bridge, we rose? Yeah. Why did we do that? Because it's part of who we are. It's part of what we believe. But I'm not sensing it's fully who we're trying to be in our everyday walk. It's a Sunday sort of statement, but it's not a Monday morning life thing. I want to read this to you. This is word that came to me as I was reading, as I was just focusing on the Lord during worship. Revelation three fourteen, and the angel of the church of the Laodiceans writes, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich, have become wealthy and have need of nothing, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. God is saying, outside of him, that is who you are wretched poor blind and naked we can't forget that we are who we are and we step into who we are because of Jesus and because of Jesus alone and it's not a Sunday thing it's a daily thing that we need to bring before God I only can approach God in his holiness by the righteousness of Jesus and Jesus alone any attempt of me trying to approach Approach God on my own merits, I should be consumed by His holiness and vomited out of His mouth. And I know that sounds harsh, but the Lord is speaking to two or three, maybe even more people this morning about something in your hands, something in your life, something that goes beyond Sunday morning sitting in church looking proper. And I know it's hard but I've got to say what God wants me to say. Jesus continues, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke, and chasten therefore be zealous and repent verse 20 behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and dine with him and he with me jesus is knocking on your heart this morning there are things that you are doing in your daily life that he is not pleased with he is not pleased with the things you look at on the internet. He is not pleased with the things you say to your wife or your husband. He is not pleased with your attitude as you go to work because you are his ambassador into this world. He, he's saying you are neither hot nor cold, but yet he wants you to be hot or cold. He wants you to be either on fire with the Holy Spirit and power or he wants you to be a refreshing stream that brings life and abundance in the place that you live. But you see, lukewarmness causes people to feel sick. It's not good enough that we don't live holy because he is holy. There are people in this room who are looking at rubbish on the television, on the internet, in their books at home. And Jesus is saying, it's time you stop. There are people that are abusive in their language to their wives or their children. And you need to stop. Violence of any sort is not part of who you are in Christ. It is part of the old man. It is gone and it needs to be put away with never resurrected again. It is time that we stop playing church and actually become church. If, if that is a word from the Lord for you this morning, it's about time we all close our eyes and just begin to have a moment with God. Buy gold from me, Jesus says. What do you have that to give to Jesus to buy gold from him? You cannot buy because your price is not enough. The only thing that will buy gold from Jesus is your entire life given to him. Jesus, as you knock upon the hearts, including my life, my heart, the door of my life, exposed now by your Holy Spirit, because your anointing is in the room for forgiveness right now. Expose our hearts, Lord before you. Lord God, there are moments in my life that I don't measure up and I thank you that your grace covers that. But there are decisions that we make. There are decisions daily that we make that are against and even anti-Christ. We ask now for forgiveness, Lord. We repent before you. We choose as an act of our will to turn away from that and to turn our focus and attention upon Jesus, whose gold alone is enough to purify us, whose robe of righteousness is enough to cleanse us and to keep us clean. Jesus, knock upon our hearts and come and dine with us. Set us free. Forgive us. Forgive us. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we just let you do your work right now. Holy Spirit, as every eye is closed in this house, it's not about us and them. It's about me and you. It's about each and every person and you right now. Holy Spirit, bring righteousness into our lives. Cause us to live holy before you in Jesus' name. Some of you might need to go home this afternoon and apologize to someone. Some of you might need to go home and get on your knees before God and cry out to Him because the Son has set you free so that you can be free indeed. Tomorrow morning, you have two choices with which you should take one. You'll have the choice to pick up, as usual, the daily things that you normally do, and live a lie. Or you'll have the choice to live in accordance to God and his will. And to step into the ambassadors of Christ that he says you are. Where there is grace to make you holy. And grace to empower you to live righteous. And a grace to overcome every situation in your life. And I speak that over you now. Be free as the sun sets you free. Amen. Okay thank you lord you know god's holy and he just doesn't like it Eh? we get a little we get a little bit far but he wants to bring reproof, and that's all right yeah all right um i just want to say welcome pastor steve gives a wave Yep. everyone give pastor steve a wave pastor steve butler from uh vegan outback ministries um pastor steve and his wife uh, gwen uh have just arrived in griffith yesterday and uh, how long are you staying steve all right there you go That's great. They're on their way um, from the coast back inland. Uh, Pastor Steve and Gwen were with us, what, 2016, was it? Last year sometime? 15. Spent a little bit of time doing some work at Barnabas. They came over and uh, shared a couple of Sundays with us. Came all the way out to Gulgaui with our kids club and shared the day out there with us and just blessed us in their ministry. And we just welcome you guys back. I hope to see Gwen very shortly. And uh, just make them feel welcome today, guys. And uh, hopefully the next two or three weeks... We um we get to hear from them as well, amen. God's got something for them to do in the center of Australia. He wants to set a beacon on fire in there, and again, amen. So that's great. Thanks, Pastor Steve. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Oh, good. Hard to move from Revelation three to um, what we're about to talk about. I don't know how to give you a segue there. Maybe we need to do some gym or something dancing very good okay so like i said before what a great year we've been having you know i started off before and said who's having fun at church who had fun just then yes all right we're still having fun at church there's nothing wrong with being open and exposed before god in fact that's what we should be our hearts should be open to him and god's doing some amazing things in our life he's leading us through 2017 into a a greater and brighter future you know he wants us to go from glory to glory to glory he wants to continue to grow us into the fullness of christ and i want to mention some of these things that god's been leading us through really quickly in in just in a way of introduction today in january we heard two messages around being this year being a year of breakthrough do you remember that To just kind of try and remember some things. This year being a year of breakthrough. And you know, from all intents and purposes, I got a text message from Pastor Rodney on Sunday. And he he basically declared breakthrough was here last Sunday. How cool is that? Last Sunday, I witnessed the Lord work mightily through you. As you stepped into, for the first time for a lot of you, hearing words of knowledge from God. As you stepped into the prophetic for the first time for some of you. And and some of you even reaching out to see people uh, healed for the first time. How amazing was that? You know, we, we had our sister Tamara come to the Lord. She came to Christ and made a decision to follow him. How great is that? What a wonderful weekend we had last week. And I'm expecting that each week we'll have people come to Christ. Or else, why are we having church? It's not a happy, clappy party. It's about bringing people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know? So therefore, when we step into the things of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit lifts us up to begin to share the gospel. He lifts us up and, and takes our focus off ourselves and onto the outside world, those who don't know him. And, and as we, we share the gospel, we might be a little bit uh, fearful at times and we might just say, well, today I'm going to invite someone to come to church. And you might invite them and, you know, do the, do the do the most daring thing you can. I'll pick you up at 9.30 on Sunday morning. Don't give them the option to drive it yourself. You go and pick them up, you know, because the Holy Spirit gives you boldness to do so. So that was last week. I'm really excited. I was pumped last week by the end of the service because I saw, I saw some people step into something that they haven't stepped into before. And I just give God glory for that. It's an encouraging thing. After our breakthrough messages, we looked at our first series for the year. Do you remember what it was called? I choose. I heard it over here. The I choose series. We looked at things, topics around choices. I choose purpose over popularity. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yep. And you guys, some of you guys got purpose last week. I choose surrender over control. I choose discipline over regret. And I choose the important over the urgent. Four things, four topics that were around life skills that would help us to choose Christ over our own circumstances. We continued um, as we, we stepped into Pastor Bill Vasilakis' teaching on the, on Christ's church and, and we grew through that a little. And, our, and uh, over the four weeks we unpacked after that the grace of God. I thought that was a really fantastic time as we looked at the grace of God. We we then looked at two weeks of vision and in the last week of that we shared some of the good things that God was doing within our midst. We was able to announce that we, we're starting a school next year, that uh, all good things are happening. And I was trying to get through this really quickly for you guys. And then uh, and then starting with uh, Pastor Brett Lindner uh, four weeks ago. Who, who believes that was four weeks ago already? It's crazy, isn't it? Pastor Brett Lindner uh, and then Pastor Jamie and myself, we, we we started this whole series of looking at the flame of revival. We didn't call it that, but we were looking at the person of the Holy Spirit who is the flame of revival. And we, and we unpacked the Holy Spirit in ways probably we haven't done before, which was really, really awesome and really cool. And we had some great fun last week in the context. When I say fun, I'm not saying that it was all about emotional hype or anything. I'm saying it was stepping into the promises of God for his church. Amen? All right, so you've got to just check my language sometimes. All right? Because I don't want to be um, offensive in any way. So I've been so encouraged working through this year, and I believe that you too have been encouraged. You know, as I sat down and I prayerfully planned out the year, I believe the Lord was actually setting us up for this time. He's setting us up to actually walk in victory, setting us up to walk in in constant revival. Okay, Uh, Graham used the the word before, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. The context is that we would continue to be revived by the life of Jesus and by his purpose and Holy Spirit in us. That we would be an, an actual walking revival in our place. We're not talking about the visitation of God coming upon a place and setting people free. We're talking about us living a revived life, walking in constant victory. And, And I believe God's been setting us up for this time. And if you sit back and you look at the journey that we've gone through, it makes sense that what we're about to start talking about is quite foundational to who we are. And yet purposeful because God wants a strong body yeah he wants his body to be as strong as the head you know he wants us to be glorious he wants us to be holy but he wants us to be people of authority and power as well okay so we're looking at this whole sense and uh, danny you might be able to put that up for me now the the, the five keys of authority <coughs> i need this sorry the five keys of authority and, and today, I just we're actually doing it over six weeks. I'm going to throw you an introduction in there today. Five keys plus an introduction, all right? So a six-week series called The Five Keys of Authority. We want to continue to propagate this thinking. And I think it's time to unpack these certain truths. I really wanted to, to do a book sometime this year of our founding, um, our founding pastor, Pastor Leo Harris, I really wanted to look at some of his writings. Some of his writings is, you know, that he does these really small books and, and we've put them into, a, the church have put them into a compendium of works, which is the most of his writings here in one book. And uh, <clears throat> there's really small books that people have grabbed and they've taught and expounded because of the truth and the simplicity of the truth that he's put within the words of his books. And I really wanted to grab one of those books because I believe that they have been foundational to seeing me grow in the goodness of God and in the purpose and calling of God. So I wanted to grab one and I I was praying to the Lord, which one do we do? Which one do we do? And and he led me straight away to the five keys of authority. And I read that book, uh, consumed that book pretty quickly. And then I listened to it over and over again um, on CD because I happened to have a copy of someone reading it, which is pretty cool too. When you're in the car, you can just sit and read it. Pastor Harris uh, was the founder of the CRC. So I think, I think this is working somehow. Let me get it going. I'll look at that. So that's the book that I was talking about. That's uh, Leo Harris's legacy. You can buy that book from us if you want. Uh, we can order some copies in. That's pretty easy. But then uh, that's Pastor Harris, <clears throat> a photo of him. Pastor Leo Harris is the founder of the CRC. He was a real pioneer. Okay, Pioneer is another term for like apostle, uh, but we we'll use the term pioneer. Uh, he he was serving in the law. He was serving in New Zealand, and uh, <clears throat> while he was undertaking uh, the service in New Zealand, he was traveling around New Zealand doing revival crusades with a tent ministry of all things, and and every day he was having offers from people to come and pastor in their church. Every day he was sort of, why don't you come over here, take up a pastorate, and you can do some wonderful work here in New Zealand, and and for for Leo that for Pastor Harris that was really. Uh, enticing you know because he was a young man stepping into ministry and uh you know you, you could take those things but he really wanted to be before god and and what god wanted for him to do and he, he had this burden in his heart to come to a strike back to australia into his home country and to do some work the lord gave him a vivid dream I won't go into that dream at all it was a very vivid dream really about coming and planting churches in adelaide and melbourne and that word was confirmed in that tent meeting by the minister that he was working with. That vision, dream that he got, was confirmed by that other minister to almost the exact word-for-word thing. And it was like, it was like the confirmation that God was calling him back to Australia. He comes back to Brisbane, not long after that moves down to Adelaide and at the same time starts uh, simultaneously a church in Melbourne and a church in Adelaide. <clears throat> and that was the birth of the CRC in 1940, 1945. Just a little bit of history for us to know where we've come from. Pastor Harris had the largest Pentecostal church in Australia. Did you know that? The church at Sturt Street in Adelaide was the largest Pentecostal church in Australia. Over a thousand members at the time. That's a very large church in the 60s. Isn't it? When you start thinking of it. his. His whole mandate was to preach the word in truth and to see the Holy Spirit move in power. <clears throat> and he didn't divert from that at all. Some of his early teachings around, around end times and stuff like that, like everyone, you know, you, he kind of retracted them really uh, later in his life because he saw that they weren't true. He saw that there was no way God would work through that model. So he retracted that and, and they never put those books in this because they just wanted it to step he stepped aside from that completely. Because it did not promote the things that were kingdom focused. You know, and that's a real honor of a man that would say, able to stand up and say that to his church. The largest Pentecostal church was a revelation of faith that came to him. It was a faith in the Word of God and prayer. This book that we're going to look through, The Five Keys of Authority, is actually five different crises that he went through in his ministry and lessons that he learned from those crises that actually helped. Um, steer him in the right direction to steer the church into power and uh, into, into seeing the ministry go forward. Five different crises. See, God uses the, 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 the crises or the challenges in our life to help us to grow, doesn't he? And that's what he did. And, and, and how Pastor Harris often did that, and I think this is a model, which is why I'm going to share it, it's such a good model as an encouragement for us. When we can't seem to break through something, when we feel like there's just something pushing against us, sometimes what we actually got to do is push ourselves into the closet, the prayer closet. Sometimes what we actually have to do is to take on prayer and fasting and into the Word of God for breakthrough and answer. And it was a model for that for many, many churches as the CRC grew. Because everything that he wrote in his books came from those times where he was breaking through in prayer and fasting. <clears throat> Passionate for the word of God and seeing the power affected through the church of God by his Holy Spirit. Many were set free from demonic oppression and healed of various diseases and illnesses as the word was taught. And Jesus and the Holy Spirit glorified and people grasped the concept of faith and power. This was a time people... Uh, 1945 was the time middle of the war, wasn't it? It was sort of World War II. It was wartime. It was hard to travel. It was hard to get around. The The church was, for 40 years or so, the church had had Pentecost and uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit, but there were really a lot of the things that were believed around Pentecostal uh, belief and and theology and doctrine were not formulated. And uh, And this is the time when he's, Really digging into some of the truths that we hold valuable today, but sometimes just have in the background of our thinking. We're not going to teach you anything new when we look at this series of five keys of authority. That's not our intention. Our intention is to bring up the truth of who you are in Christ and cause you to outlive and outwork those in your life for victory. So, so these are things that, that, Pastor Harris had to dig into, had to push into, had to really trust that God would open up because he was pushing or kicking against the goads of the day. And, and what he saw might only, to some, when we look at it, we might say, well, we see that every day now. But the reason we see those things every day in the church around the world today is because of pioneers that went before us who actually had to wrestle with these questions that we need to wrestle with even even today? You see, so so I'm giving honor here. we honors due. We're not putting him up as as this pedestal that says he's a prophet that spoke to us. No, we're giving honor. We're honors due, and we launch from the shoulders of the teachings and the things that he dug from. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. So why do I say all of this? To show us that the things that God is leading us on are foundational to the movement that we belong to. These things are not new, but are at the very core of what we believe and do. And I think it's really important to highlight that to people. These are not new teachings in any way. These are core and foundational to the movement we belong to. These teachings are important because they are where the CRC comes from. The call, if you may, for the full gospel to be preached, demonstrated, and applied for victorious living. One such truth, I think that changed. One such truth that comes is that victory and revival come only through the delegated authority of Christ to us. And this is kind of going to be part of our catchphrase, in a sense, this, this, over this next six, um, six weeks. We're going to sort of adapt it to make it understand the five keys. But we, we've got to see victory and revival come only through the delegated authority of Christ to us. I love this reflection in the book. Pastor Barry Chant, or Dr. Barry Chant, wrote this about Pastor Leah Harris's life. Every Sunday night in Crusade Hall, that was the name of the church um, down in, in Adelaide, Every Sunday night in Crusade Hall, there was an invitation for people to accept the salvation and healing Jesus offered. There was a time in the 1960s when for months, never a week passed without someone being converted. When one Sunday there was no response, I think we went into a time of prayer and fasting. We were so shocked. I think those sorts of things need to actually come back into the church a little bit. There's something about believing that God's going to move through the body of Christ and the authority of Christ to the body that brings expectation and faith to rise for us to bring people to Christ. And I think sometimes in the church, we don't get desperate about that anymore, that those things just seem to be off of our our radar in a sense. And, And I think there's a challenge in that, that... That as a church, we need to start praying into and believing and even at times call for fasting for these sorts of things to happen and take place. There is a dream in my life and a vision that says there will be weekly salvations on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. There is something that's in me that says that's not quite enough and not quite a big enough vision that says no, we actually need to be believing that daily, as the book of Acts says, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. There's got to be something about our vision that looks beyond ourself and into the lives of those who need Jesus. I won't worry about reading this bit, but for today... I was gonna read a bit of a thing from Pastor Bill Vasilakis, but I don't think we need to. The five keys of authority that Pastor Leo Harrison we're gonna open up in this book is this. Firstly, the authority of Christ. Next week that's where we'll start. The authority of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the authority of the believer. Thirdly, the authority of the Word of God. Fourthly, the authority of the ministry. I think there's something about this that's been lost in Christianity today. And then five the authority of Christ in the local church. Five messages that will really help us and encourage us to stand up into the things God's calling us. But right now, what I want to do is conclude for the next five or ten minutes, probably five, and probably ten. We'll see. For the next, I want to finish on time today, guys. So we'll aim for this. Something that needs to be opened up as an, as an introduction to this book. Something that we need to get an understanding of and even a revelation of in our own lives is the difference between power and authority. Pastor Harris really, um, he he just really puts a really short introduction into the book Five Keys of Authority about the difference between power and authority. And many have gone on and, and opened this up where you can do weeks and weeks and weeks of teaching on power and authority. But I think that takes away from the simplicity of understanding who we are in Christ. And I think, I think this is a message that needs to be grasped by everybody, from the grassroots up, from the children up to the oldest adult, from the least mature in the church right the way through to the maturest person amongst us. It needs to be a, a truth that transcends our own wisdom and becomes part of the wisdom of God. So there's this context of power and authority. So in order to fully appreciate the significance of the five keys of authority, we will learn of it is important for us to understand the difference between power and authority. Back then they were using the King James Version Bible. And uh, so a lot of the references in this book are from the King James Version. And one of the things that the older versions of the Bible had that I have, it's not something I got against it in any way, it's just something that means that the average everyday person doesn't quite get to understand the depths that comes from the Scripture, because there are certain truths that are buried in it because of the translation. Okay, And we can talk about Hebrew stuff and we can talk about Greek stuff and, and the wealth of things that can come as you study the language. And that's all real well and good. But the average everyday reader of their Bible misses some very basic truths. And this is one of those things, authority and power, that can be missed because of the way that the, the Bible translated it. So if you read the King James and even sometimes the New King James, some of these are, uh, are translated in other ways. Um, in the King James Version, the word power appears 163 times in the New Testament. Now that's a lot, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. In 77 of these occurrences, the word is translated from the word dunamis. Who's heard that word before? Some of you, if you've been around CIC long enough, you would have known the word dunamis. Okay, and sixty-nine of these times the word is actually translated from the Greek word exousia. Okay, Th- these are two very different words that mean very different things, but yet they've been translated in our modern-day uh, Bibles in some of them as meaning power, coming from two different very wor- very different words, translated as power. Okay, <clears throat> there are two uh, in the case of the English translation burying this truth we can look at some passages i want to look at in a minute luke four who's one of those dunamis is a translate is translated from this word or camp sorry let me start that again dunamis is also translated into english as mighty works miracle mighty deed and ability so it's more than just power there's mighty works being translated There is mighty deed, miracle, and ability. Exousia, besides being translated as power, is also translated as authority, right, or jurisdiction in the King James Version. Dunamis means this. It means an inherent, self-reproducing power like that of a dynamo. It is power to produce or ability to achieve. It also contains the thought of force and energy, but perhaps best of all, ability. There are verbs, Pastor Harris puts in his book, that are related to this word dunamis, and they are to be translated to be able, can, or possible. All things are possible to those who believe. Okay? Exousia, that word which is translated power, but is probably more linked to the word authority, it means this, delegated authority, or right, or privilege. While dunamis is an inherent power indwelling the person, becoming part of spiritual life, exousia is an authority conferred upon one. There are two differences. One is power, the other is authority. But yet the Bible have at times translated them both as power. And you need to understand that because when you understand that, it brings a completely different understanding to what you read in your word. Let me give you these examples. Three passages. Luke 4:36 36 in the King James. And they were all amazed and spake among themselves, saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits and they come out. Here is an example where both words are written in the, in the text and both have been translated accurately. Can you see that? Talking of Jesus, what a word is this? For with authority and power he commandeth the unclean spirits and they come out. This is Jesus in the synagogue just after he comes back under the power of the Holy Spirit he reads the, the, the scroll, Isaiah 61. He reads that. He basically says, this is fulfilled in your midst. He sits down. A guy with a demonic um, spirit in him rises up and torments the place. Jesus casts it out with a word. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So there's an accurate translation here. But it's not quite so when we look at Luke 10, 19. It says this in the King James. Behold, I give unto you power, I'll put in here exousia so you can see it, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The reason this is so important is because it uses both words and translates them as power. And what Christians tend to do is they try and fight the enemy in their own power. And it's got nothing to do with power or you overcoming the enemy. It has everything to do with your authority and who you are in Jesus Christ. There's a very big difference because you can fight to your heart's content. And let me tell you, your butt will be whooped if you try and do so in power. Because there is no power in you apart from the Holy Spirit. And that's not how God's using this passage of Scripture to interpret There's no power that's in you that will overcome the power of the enemy. It's the authority of Jesus in you that will overcome the enemy. So the easiest way to do this, and Angus shared this at Wildfire the other night, so I'm not taking his glory in this, but it's the easiest way to understand it. If I was a police officer, if I was standing in my full uniform, I have the authority delegated to me by the state laws, And by the Commissioner of Police to stop an oncoming truck. Is that right? But in me I have no power to do so. I couldn't stop a thirty ton semi trailer coming at me. Look at me. You might say you're big, Steve, but you're not that big. Right? Now the same policeman cannot walk out there in his boxer shorts and try and stop that truck. There's no authority in boxer shorts. The authority is in the uniform that he wears. So the authority, the exousia, is actually a delegated authority of being in Christ. And Christians need to actually understand this truth, or else they're going to get their their backsides handed to them. Because they're going to stand up and they're going to try and fight the enemy, and they're going to try and pray down all of these darknesses that are against us. And they're just doing it. It's just words. And he's just there going, yep, well done, Christian. You keep doing your own thing. And he just goes and continually obliviates you know, all the things around him. And, and, and sadly, Pentecostal Christianity has turned into a little bit of that. We will stand up and we'll fight the darkness of the air in the way we pray. Yeah. Now, that's well and good, and there are times we need to do that. But there will be a big difference if the body of Christ rose in one voice in the authority delegated to it from the head of Christ against the enemy. There's a big difference here. The delegated authority. And that's what we're going to unpack a little bit. So exousia in this case, we see in, in Luke 10, is translated as power. You don't have the power to command him to stop. You have the authority to stop big difference it's because you're in Christ, you are clothed in him you're clothed with his authority matthew twenty eight eighteen all authority has been given unto me, therefore go okay you hear it all authority is now Jesus' he, he took everything everything that we handed to the devil through sin he took back. And he did so violently in his death at the cross. His power over death, his power over sin in the resurrection three days later, Jesus took back. And he says, all authority is now mine. It's been given to me of my father. It all belongs in me, the new Adam. Okay? I am Jesus. I am God. I am the one who holds the key to death and Hades. All authority is mine. Therefore, go. Right, so there's authority for you to go and preach the gospel, but then there is power in the gospel and power in the means by which you preach the gospel. Let me read this to you. Same, same story. Mark, Mark's version of it. Mark 16. I don't think we use Mark's enough. It says this in Mark 16:15, and he said to them. Go into all the world and preach the gospel in, to every creature. He, will be, he who believes and baptizes will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. So he's telling them in all authority, go and preach the gospel. And then he says this, And these signs will follow. Signs are attributed to power. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues Ooh, that one could have used last week could not they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly it will be by no means hurt them they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover Jesus speaks with authority that he's giving power through the gifts of the Holy Spirit that's why he says, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. Acts 1-8. See, Can you see it there in Luke 10? The, the English Standard Version. This is why I like using the English Standard Version. It's a, it's a more up-to-date version. It, it translates it properly for us. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Can you see? See how the older version sometimes just makes it a little bit unclear? That's why we need to read it in the context of what Jesus is saying. And the last one is this one. I just shared it. Oh no, this is Luke 10 19 shows that the believer has a conferred, delegated authority over all of the power of Satan. That's what Jesus was walking in when he cast out the demons of people. That's what Jesus was walking in when he stood up against the storm. It was authority. Okay? Victory comes through delegated authority. Amen? The last one is this, Acts 1, 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. Does that make sense? Last week I read that verse and I said, In his own authority. I read it out of the English Standard Version. The word is exousia. The word is his own authority. All of that belongs to God's authority. He will give the time and the, the reason and the season. But then there's that sense of in Acts 1.80 continues, I'll go back there. But you shall receive power, dunamis. That miracle working power, the power of God, the, the self creating power of the dynamo, of the Holy Spirit in your life. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses under me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the utmost parts of the world. Let me conclude with this. Exousia. Don't worry about that one. Exousia is intangible. It is positional power through command. Luke 10, 19, it says, exercise your authority. The moment you are born again is the moment you step into authority. It's delegated from Christ to his church. It's delegated from Christ to those who would believe. It is his exousia. The dunamis power of God is tangible, explosive, and raw. It is miracle-working power. It is dynamic power. As of Acts 1 8. Exousia is foundational. It is what is simply a part of your nature and position as a son of God. Exousia has a higher rank than dunamis. Exousia is what gives dunamis. Exousia or authority as a spiritual authority can be granted or delegated. Look at the centurion. He uses the same thing when Jesus goes and talks to him. When Jesus talks about of such faith have I not seen amongst the people of the Hebrews. The centurion says, I am for I understand, just you say it, and I know it will happen, because I too am a man under authority, and I command those under me. See, he understood what authority was. And it's the same in the church. We've got to understand our authority in that. Exusia has a sharpness that can either build or destroy and exousia can also be abused by inappropriate use okay christians abuse their authority a lot sometimes and it needs to be um curbed dunamis on the other hand that miracle working power that i was talking about is strongly related to allowing the grace of god that works in our life it does not depend on your holiness but on your boldness. And that's what gets a lot of people in trouble when they judge some of the, the ministers that move in the power of the gifts of the Spirit because they're actually moving in the dunamis power of God so it's actually not relevant to their own holiness. That's why some of those ministers got themselves in trouble because here they were moving in the power of God and yet they left their wife for a for another wife. They got themselves into that trouble Because they didn't understand what I was talking about earlier on about running a lukewarm life. Jesus wants us to be hot or cold. Does that make sense? That's where it all ties in. The dunamis power is subject to God's ability in you, not your ability in you. And uh, the last thing I think I want to say there is you can't be godly without dunamis. Uh, When it is Easily accepted that you can be godly without dunamis, then you have a strong warning from the Holy Spirit of the danger of this kind of lifestyle. You see that in Simon the sorcerer; he wanted the power of God, but didn't quite want to live the ways of God. Okay, so understand the the differences between authority and power. Okay, and it will help you understand the next five weeks as we look at the authority of Jesus, the authority of the believer. The authority of the word of God, the authority of the ministry. And what was the last one? The authority of Christ in the body of Christ okay, as the local church. So with that, let's pray. Father, I want to give you glory and honor right now. I want to thank you for what you've done in our midst this morning as you have brought a word of reproof into our hearts. I pray, Lord, that the fruit of this would be that we would walk in holiness by your grace and enablement. That tomorrow morning we would choose to live righteously. We'll make the choice each day that if we, Lord, live in our own flesh, we need to come and repent to you. Thank you for your holiness in Jesus. Thank you for the righteousness you bestow upon us. Thank you for the delegated authority that you have given to us as followers and sons and heirs of the good things of God. Lord, we pray that as we unpack the authority of Christ, we would experience the authority in our own lives and the power of the Holy Spirit working through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, be blessed. We might end the service there.